The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your new or existing home is one of your most important assets, yet too many people rely on sites, shows, and tips from people who are not in the real estate business when making important decisions. It's time to get real and trust a professional. This is Real Real Estate Today with host Deb Tomorrow. In this series, you'll learn about making smart decisions when it comes to buying a home, selling a home, or even staying in the home you're in. Now, here is your host, Realtor Deb Tomorrow. And welcome home. Wow, my sound's up really loud. Okay, let me make that adjustment. Okay, welcome home. I've decided to try that out. Last week we were talking about how I sort of needed a better intro to the show, that I kind of had the out, out, outro, whatever, exit, exit from the show. Yeah. I like outro, <laughs> outro, intro, outro. Uh, worked out, but uh, didn't have a good intro. So anyways, it's probably not working because I'm being so obvious about it. But anyways, hey, welcome home. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for Smart Real Estate. I am your host, Deb Tomorrow. That's T-O-M-A-R-O for those of you counting. And I am, as always, joined by the best damn lender in the state of Indiana. That would be Ms. Karen Rastel. Say hello, Karen. Hello, Karen. And also <laughs> joining us in the worldwide headquarters of Real Real Estate today is Rachel, my lovely associate producer, face of an angel, voice of a sailor. That's why we won't allow her on mic. I know, but it, that that fits her perfectly. It does. I adore her. Anyways, so last week we talked about how you had about a thousand miles of Deb and Karen oh, yeah. waiting for you to download. So stay tuned for 70 more miles. <laughs> we'll get you just a little bit closer to your summer road trip destination. Sometimes I feel like my analogies just don't really fly. I feel like I'm pushing them a little much. But anyways, how was your long weekend, Karen? It was good. I don't think it was long enough. My, minus the rain. Minus the rain. We had a lot of rain here. So we are postponing 4th of July, and we are going to be doing July 9th fireworks in most of the <laughs> locations here in Bloomington, Indiana, which is kind of odd. And one is going to postpone and store those fireworks away until Labor Day. Yes. So there you go. We're, we're all set. But uh, it's definitely been a little bit cooler, which is nice. Uh, I spent most of the weekend showing houses. Got to visit the bustling metropolis of Poland, Indiana. I don't even know where Poland, yeah. Indiana is. I don't is. know where it is either. I'm assuming it's south of Bloomington. No. 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 It's north. Somewhere near Bowling Green, Indiana. Not Kentucky, Indiana. Yeah, still, I no point of reference mm-hmm. And yet. there's a castle out there, and we passed the castle. But as I was leaving, yeah, there is. Uh, as I was leaving the property that I was showing, we had no cell signal. And I was like, I don't know where I am. <laughs> so I have no cell signal, so I can't GPS it. So we're just going to drive. Until we get a cell signal, and then we'll figure out how to get home. All riding together? No, they were following me, and I was like, if I were you, I wouldn't follow me. So I had to go down uh, uh, to get to the location when I was using the GPS, a Buller Dick Road, B U L L E R D I C K, Buller Dick Road. And then I turned on Uncle Ed's Cabin Road. This is fantastic. (laughs) And, And then from there, and then there was Morgan Road, which is pretty boring. That was the road that the farm was on. Hmm. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Bullardick Road. I don't know what a Bullardick is. We probably need to Google that. I knew someone with that last name. Okay. Rachel knows someone with that last name. So perhaps that's what they do out in the... And obviously, Uncle Ed's Cabin yeah. Road yes. was where Uncle Ed's Cabin was. So we had to figure out which family set those street names, those road names, yep. years ago. God bless Indiana. That's what I have to say. Well, last week we talked about a bunch of low-cost and no-cost ways to stage and prepare your home to sell. I hope everyone listened to that. It was a good episode with some really good information that's not going to cost you a lot of money, but will probably make you a lot of money. Uh, we're going to continue with sellers this week uh, a little bit more and talk about how to transition from one home to another Whether you're moving up or you're moving down, it can certainly be a tricky process. So we're going to tell you what you need to know to start the ball rolling. But I want to say that I really feel like everyone, all capital letters, everyone should be listening to this show. Even if you haven't bought a home yet um, or you're just in your first home and don't think you're going to do anything for a while. Because one of the things I always preach to my clients is that you should have an exit strategy going in. I think this is true for any business at all. When you start a business, you should have an exit strategy in mind. And of course, that may change over the years. But you should have an out, um, you know, as you're planning your in so if if you will. So I think listening to the show will kind of help you kind of keep some things in the back of your mind as you go along, um, whether you're, like I said, if you just bought your first home or thinking about buying your first home. So listen up. But first, we're going to do a quiz. You ready for a quiz, Karen? I am ready. Okay, this is a fun quiz. This isn't like I'm testing your knowledge and going to make you feel inferior because you don't know things that, but you know, I love my quizzes and they're super bogus. <laughs> but I love them anyways. So there's going to be, and we're going to post this on Facebook so, or, so that you can do it yourself. And then I'll be interested to hear what your, um, uh, I have to pull up the quizzes, what your answers are. Um, when people are thinking of moving, selling their house, and then buying another property, there's lots of reasons, right? Um, you know, it could be that uh, you've got a new job. That's kind of a no-brainer if you have to relocate because of a job. But it could be that you've got an additional income earner and can afford a little bit more of a house, so you want some more amenities. It could be a growing family, and they need more space. Uh, It could be that the kids have moved away. I see this a lot, and it's time for a smaller house. Um, It could be that the home's value is significantly increased, and you want to take advantage of that. You know, I've done it twice where I've sold a house. I've bought lots of houses, but I don't tend to sell them. I I hoard them. Um, But I've done it twice where I've sold a house. The first time was downsizing, that I was just in this house and just decided I really wanted to live in a condo. I didn't like yard work. It just wasn't working for me. Um, And so I downsized to do that. The second time, I was moving to another city to join the love of my life. I can can say that because he doesn't listen to the show because we all feel it would be awkward. So anyways, or you you watch Fixer Upper and then now all of a sudden you want a mid-century modern home and you want to redo it. I must have shiplap. Yes. Okay. So this, uh, a lot of times what we're looking for when we make that transition is our dream home. So this quiz is going to help us identify what our supposed dream home is. All right. So let's play. I'm going to read the, Karen and I are going to play along together. Uh, and, and I think it'll be a good opportunity to get to know us a little bit more, too. So it's just going to ask, I think, 10 questions. Stick with us here. Pick a weekend activity that you would prefer. Gardening, fancy restaurant, thrift shopping, beach outing, hiking, going to art museums, or spending time with family. I'm picking thrift shopping. I almost did, but I'm picking uh, beach outing. Okay. 
All right. Now there's an image. So they, they present us with seven images and we have to pick one that we like. One is a cat lounging, a fat cat lounging, like literally a cat. One is some sunshine shining through the woods. One is of some chick who looks like she's in Jane Austen or something. One is a field with blue skies. One is like a fancy English garden. One's uh, some people in the sunset doing handstands and then a beach. I think that's yoga poses. Okay. See how much I know. We're all going to pick the beach one on that, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. It's <laughs> a no-brainer, right? Okay. What kind of pet do you have or want? All kinds of animals? Other. Cat. No pets, please. Or dog? We all know I'm picking a dog. I pick dog because Jack wants, my, my youngest wants a dog so bad. He wants my PJ. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Pick a meal. Filet mignon. Sushi. I know that's what you're going to pick. A fresh fruits and veggies, pizza, cake, meat and potatoes, ramen. I'm going with pizza. <laughs> I'm going with sushi. Of course. Okay. Uh, this is highly, like, scientific. Okay, pick a movie. The Hangover, Into the Wild, Cinderella, The Wolf of Wall Street, The Blind Side, The Great Gatsby, and Castaway. You know, I've not seen The Wolf of Wall Street, but that's I think pretty. I would pick that yeah? just for the language, but I'm not. Uh, I'm going to. It's pretty vulgar. Yeah. That's good, maybe. I'm picturing. I'm picking the Hangover. I know, you know, and I wa- I waffled because the Blind Side gets me every time. I've never seen oh, it. Oh, it's a good movie. I do enjoy a good Blind Side, but you know, the Hangover over and over again every time. Um, we are classy. Mm-hmm. We should probably should have picked the Great Gatsby or something a little more intelligent. Okay, do you prefer being outside or inside? <laughs> it gives us the choices: outside, a bit of both, or inside. I'll say a bit of both. Yeah, me too. I think we're gonna end up having to be roommates on the same location. Do you like being around a lot of people? I prefer animals. Yes, or it depends. It depends on who the people are. <laughs> I'm, I'm preferring animals at this point. <laughs> okay, what is the one thing you can't live without? Country music, mm. family, Target, uh, the beach, being outside, Disneyland, or art? I feel like I should pick family. Yeah. But I think I'm going to say Target. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I- I'm picking the beach. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Pick a drink, beer, tea, Pina colada, apple juice, hot chocolate, champagne, or milk? I'm going with champagne. That's what I went with. You know, champagne? Okay. Copycat. All right. Pick a party to go to. I'm not big on parties. A fancy ball, a bonfire, a hoedown. That's yours. Tea garden party, family barbecue, a small gathering of close friends. Small gathering of close friends. I am not big on parties, as we all know. That or bonfire. Yeah. How would you describe yourself? Are you family-oriented, laid-back, an old soul, adventurous, a dreamer, silly, or positive? I think I'm all those. Can I not? I know. I kind of wanted to say old soul, but then I feel like, I don't yeah, know. I'm that gonna, that's like, yeah, I'm saying positive. I'm going to say a dreamer. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. Okay, where do you see yourself in five years? Living a life of luxury, surrounded by a large family, retiring, career married, maybe a few kids, being independent in a job I love doing or wherever life takes me. I'm going to say in a job I love doing. That's what I said. Okay, my gosh, there must be more than 10 questions. All right, I think this is the last one. Pick a place to visit. New York, Washington, D.C., New Orleans, Hawaii, Alaska, Germany, or Ireland. I'm picking New York because I've never been there. I haven't either. Oh, we should go to New York. That could be dangerous. <laughs> oh, man, there's more. Okay. Last but not least, pick a celebrity. Kate Middleton, mm. Helena Bonham Carter, Taylor Swift, Reese Witherspoon, Bradley Cooper, Justin Timberlake, 
Matthew McConaughey, no question there. Bradley Cooper for me, Justin Timberlake for Karen. Calculating results. Very yeah. exciting, very My exciting. Res- what did you get? An apartment. It says I should live in an apartment. Really? It says I'm always out and about and I don't need the upkeep of a huge house to make me happy. Okay. But I've done this quiz twice and it's come up with the same answers twice, so that's good. How are you getting beach house? Because I answered beach anytime I could. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, there you go, listeners. Tune in to the uh, quiz and see what your dream home is. And then uh, listen, keep, keep listening to the rest of the show, and we'll talk about uh, what you need to know in terms of planning for that. Um, first thing we want to talk about is when to move. Uh, when do you make that decision? This is a question I get from a lot of people, and someone posted it on Facebook not long ago. And I have to say that that's a really hard question to answer because it's such a personal question um and I've got a little bit of a story that uh, earlier this year I had a couple uh, named Katie and Ian and I'd helped them about seven years ago to buy a house uh and in that time period since then they've had a baby and they've imp- improved their income tremendously and they also done some really awesome improvements to the house redoing some bathrooms and kitchens and things like that but it isn't quite enough space they think for the next you know 10 to 15 years so they uh, or trying to figure out what to do. They'd already had an architect draw up some plans for a potential addition to the house. So they're trying to kind of make that determination on whether they should do the addition, whether it would be worth it, financially worth it, whether they should just buy something instead. So um, we had a little bit of a um, uh, some meetings, and it turned out a lot like love it or list it, <laughs> which was kind of fun, except without the mean people. Yeah. And it wasn't quite as dramatic. But we looked around at a few homes to see uh, what might be options if they decided to move. And in the end, um, they decided to love it. Now, complete tangent, I have to say, because as I was working on this show outline, I was like, I wonder how many, uh, what's the percentage on love it or list it? What's the percentage of people who love it? And what's the percentage of people who list it? And I, so I was Googling and I couldn't find the answer. So I'm going to need someone to watch all those episodes and kind of catalog that for me so that we have the answer. So if there's someone out there who wants to do that, that would be great. I'll give you $5. Um, but I did find an interesting tangent before we go to break. I'm going to leave you with this, something to think about. The chick who's on Love It or List It, right? She's the Love It person, right? Hillary is yes. her name. She had a non-speaking role in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Did she really? And there you go. We're going to go to break. You're listening to... <laughs> You real real estate, your home for smart real estate. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. You count. Tune into Inner Revolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. 
follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. You've heard of good things coming in packages. Well, maybe there's a little more to that saying. But when you think about it, packaging is one of the most important things that can represent your business. Tune into Ditch the Box with host David Marinak. Each week, we'll discuss flexible packaging, marketing, sales, and how it all comes together in one container. Lower costs, increased margins. Listen to the show. It might just save you a ton. Ditch the Box is heard live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. Thanks for coming back. We are talking today about transitioning to a new home and the things that are involved in that process. It's not quite as easy as buying your first home. You have to figure out how to sell one and then buy one, possibly. So I was talking a little bit about my personal love it or list it experience um, with uh, Katie and Ian. And some of the questions that we went through as we were discussing sort of what their options were. One was, how much do you love your location? Is the location so perfect? You know, if your answer to that is, eh, or, you know, it could be better, then you might want to move. That might be a consideration there. Katie and Ian actually happened to love their location. It was very convenient to their works. Um, they actually liked, you know, the layout, the, the yard layout uh, and the neighborhood and that kind of thing. Um, if you need to expand, which is a lot of times the reason that people are thinking about making a move, how much can you expand, pay for an addition, and not be overpriced for the neighborhood? If that's not possible, then you certainly want to consider moving. So in the instance of Katie and Ian, they're really going to be right on the brink of pricing themselves out of their neighborhood, to be honest. And they understand that. But they do plan on staying there a long, long time. So they understand the risk that they're taking with that. You know, if it's something and you think you're going to move in five years, then pricing yourself to the very top of the neighborhood or out of the neighborhood is probably not a great idea. There's an article that I think um, we'll have Rachel post uh, online that uh, has some from House Logic <clears throat> that has some really good information, and they recommend that um, if there's any chance you're going to move within the next 10 years, you want to keep your improvements in line with those of the other houses on your block or risk losing money when you sell yours. Um, but of course, you don't want to discount your enjoyment factor. So if it's going to make you happy to install that in-ground pool in a neighborhood that doesn't have any pools, then go for it. Just know that what that's going to look like at the end of the day. But Katie and Ian didn't plan on moving in 10 years either, so that wasn't an issue. Another thing to consider is if you do need to expand, how do you finance it? And I wanted to bring Karen in on that discussion because from my, you know, I'm not a lender. I'm not a banker. I don't, you know, I just... I, you know, 
kind of sit on the outside of that and watch it go go on. So that's where my knowledge is coming from. But my perspective is that it seems like it's easier to get a mortgage than to finance in addition. I would, I would say probably yes. I mean, you can finance in addition different ways. Some people just may take a home equity out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little higher interest rate. It could be a fixed rate loan or it could be a revolving line of credit if their home already has enough equity. But there are other options, loan options that someone could do that would allow you to use the subject to completion of this new addition mm-hmm. that adds the value to the house and do loans that way. Um, Does that require you to refinance the entire house, basically? Yes. So you start over with kind of an all-new mortgage? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Um, so certainly there would be those options, but I think you need to talk through with a lender and maybe a banker, too. I mean, there are probably some loan options that a loan a mortgage originator wouldn't have the answers. This is where it gets like super confusing. It's like, who do you even go to to get the answers on how do I finance if I want to do an addition onto my home? You would go to a mortgage originator, whether it's at a bank, a credit union, mm-hmm. a mortgage banker, and have them go through whatever options that they offer that mm-hmm. would fit what you're trying to do. But it's not as, honestly, it's not as easy as you see it on HGTV because I watch those shows thinking, mm-hmm. what kind of loans are they getting right. and what are they doing? And um, But yeah. There's well, because on Love It or List It, they can, what's your budget? You know, well, my budget for the renovation is going to be $80,000. Where's that $80,000 coming from? They never talk about that. Right. I mean, it could just be liquid assets. I don't know. But a lot of times people don't have that and they're using the equity in the existing home or the existing equity in the home right. to finance these projects. Because right. I don't know that many people that have $80,000 sitting in their checking account. Not that I you know. <laughs> All right. So, okay, we're going to talk a little bit more about financing um, for the transition uh, on our on our. And probably in the next segment. Um, one of the ways, though, that helped Katie and Ian get to their decision, and this, again, it's just like Love It or List It, was that they went out and they looked at a few houses to see if there was anything else that they could get really excited about. And I think open houses are a great way to do this because I'm going to be honest, if you don't have an established relationship with a realtor, you might find it a little difficult to find a realtor who's willing to do that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm just... I'm just being honest. Um, you know, we have a limited amount of time and we want to work with people that uh, we think we've got a good shot at, you know, making a living off of. Um, now with Katie and Ian, I think the great thing, and this is why I'm, I'm going to harp on having a, maintaining a good relationship with a realtor made this really easy for them. They've referred people to me. They've been good clients to me in the past. Plus, they're just really nice people. Um, And so I had no problem going out and showing them a few houses. We looked at, you know, maybe four or five houses over the course of a couple weeks. uh, And then they came back and, you know, didn't lead me on. They said, here's where we are. We think that, you know, we're just going to stay and do the renovation. We're not seeing anything that's, you know, exciting us or anything like that. And that's great. And I don't mind doing that at all. Um, But just to call up a random realtor and ask them to show you some houses when you're not really committed to buying in all honesty you might struggle a little bit i i can imagine and i you know i mean that's just a fair we have to make a living and put money on the table you know put dinner on the table too so just something to think about so if you've got a realtor that you've had a relationship with keep that relationship and if you can refer them some business that's a great way to uh, you know make sure that they're going to be there to help you when you need it to make some of those decisions too so because i don't have a tv show yet 
Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> so when I talk to clients, when I uh, go on a listing appointment, someone calls me and says, hey, we're ready to list our house. Um, I have a little booklet I take along with me. And we t- one of the first things we talk about is what their options are. Where are they going? What's their transition plan? And a lot of times they're like, I'm not really sure. I don't know what my options are from transitioning from one home to another. And so I say that you have uh, the three C's are your options when you're transitioning from one home to another. There is the contingent offer or contingent option, the confidence option, and the couch option. Karen's looking at me like, what the heck is the couch option? I got the first one. Yep. I can only guess on the second and third Uh ones. Okay, well, we'll go over that. So the first option is one that a lot of people kind of know a little bit about but don't know that much about, and that is that um, you're you're making, you find your dream home and it's contingent on the sale of your current home. So um, you can't or you don't want to buy your dream home without selling your first home. Some people you can't because it's a financial thing. You can't qualify for the second mortgage without selling the first home and getting rid of that mortgage. Um, And some people just don't want to take that risk of carrying two mortgages at one time. So you may choose to make an offer on your dream home and it's contingent on the sale of your current home. And you'll, in that situation, you have to be prepared to list your home, your current home within a couple of days if you get the seller to accept a contingent offer. Um, in some markets, they call it a first right of refusal. They talk about kickout clauses and things like that. But basically what it means is that the seller of your dream home, see if you can follow along with this, the seller of your dream home is going to continue to market your home, market your dream home. They're going to be continuing to look for another buyer, even though you have a contingent offer in place on that home. And if they do get a second offer, they'll negotiate that. And if they come to agreement with that second buyer, then they go back to you and they say, do you want it or not? Because I got another buyer who's ready to go and it's not contingent on their home selling. So you certainly risk a lot of heartbreak uh, if you can't, you know, of losing your dream home if you've kind of gotten really attached to it. So that certainly is um, one of the the biggest downfalls to that. Um, You know, and if a seller's, if you're in a hot seller's market, and they're potentially getting multiple offers, they're not even going to consider your offer. Uh, our market's, you know, relatively strong, and contingent offers are not done often, but they are done more often, I think, later in the year um, when the market has slowed down a little bit. I think sellers will sometimes agree to them. Does that make sense how that works? Yes. So you definitely kind of run a risk of, of losing your house there. Um, and one of the big things, again, is that your house does have to be ready to go on the market right away. If it's not already on the market. So you get a lot of people doing what my mother would say, putting the cart before the horse. So you're looking at houses, you go out and you look at a house, you fall in love with the house, but your house is nowhere near ready to go. But those market. people go ahead and say, let's write an offer yeah. up on this and I'll get my house ready yeah. to list. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But, you know, because the looking at the house is the fun part. The getting your house ready for sale is not the fun part. But that's why we did last week's episode last week. Because those are the things I'm you need to do first. Thinking, we're going through a refinance because interest rates are so low. Mm-hmm. And I spent the whole weekend just getting my house like cleaned up <laughs> the appraisal. for the appraiser to come out. <laughs> That's funny. I know. Well, I definitely think that if you are thinking about making any kind of transition, that you should go ahead and have pictures taken and have all the data, have the listing basically completely ready to go. 
so that when you find your dream home, you can go to that seller and say, look, I need some time to get my house sold, but we are ready to go. It'll be in the MLS tomorrow. It's spotless. Here's the pictures. Here's, you know, how great it is, yada, yada, yada. That certainly helps your case if that's what you need to do. But again, in a lot of markets, that's just not even an option, unfortunately. And I think people need to be realistic about that because I do get a lot of buyers that just think, yeah, it's not a big deal to do a contingent offer. And I just don't know that, you know, in, in a lot of markets, it is kind of a big deal. So the next option is the confidence option. That's just, you know, it'll all work out. Oh, I thought you were going to say, oh, they're confident that there's no problem. They should be able to carry two mortgages and no big deal. It's more the other way that we're going to find our dream home. We're going to make an offer on it. We're going to go to closing. We're as soon as we can, we're going to put our other house on the market, but it's not contingent. You know, our offer isn't contingent on the sale of our current home. It'll all work out. It'll be fine. And I have a lot of clients who do that too. And I'm sure they have, you know, money set aside. If you think about setting some money aside for two or three months worth of mortgage payments, it's not that much out of, you know, your moving and your financing budget. But they just kind of don't panic about it. There's a lot of people, honestly, especially people who have kids, that if they can swing this option, it works better for them. I had a couple um, a, a few years ago who had some teenage boys, and they were just like, there's just no way we can sell the house with the teenage boys living in it. It's just not possible. You have to so, wait till they're gone. Yeah. I mean, so they're just like, we have confidence it'll all work out. We got them a new house. They moved in, got their house cleaned up, ready to go. You know, they did a little bit of staging and they didn't have to worry about coming back, all, you know. Yeah. Whether the beds had to be made every morning, all that good stuff. So, but they had confidence and it took a few months to get their house sold, but they had a little money set aside and it all worked out and it was fine. So that certainly is uh, C number two. We are going to go to a break before we finish up our three C options. So come back and talk about the cash couch option. So stick around and we will be right back. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions, and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. What if there was a radio show that could demonstrate how we can cut your taxes in half without diminishing needed government services? One that could explain how to create tens of millions of jobs at no cost to taxpayers, as well as fantastic yet easily affordable health care. Side effects include cutting crime rates nationwide, providing better education for our children, international peace and harmony, and protecting your private personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working for you with Arvind Vora weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Tune in to the Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. 
This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at RealRealEstateToday.com. That's Deb at RealRealEstateToday.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. Are you following us on Facebook? Because Rachel is busy posting all kinds of great things during the show, uh, as well as um, the quiz that we took. So uh, check me out there, Deb Tomorrow Realtor, or find me on Twitter or Instagram or all those good places. I am all social media out there. So we are talking today about selling a home and then buying a home and how you make that transition. Um, And a big part of that equation is uh, financial, which we're going to talk about here in just a second. But we're going to finish out our three C's. So we talked about making an offer on your dream home that's contingent on the sale of your current home. We talked about the confidence option, which is just, you know, it'll all work out. It's fine. And then uh, the other C option is the couch option. So that is that you go find a couch to sleep on. Okay. So you put your house up on the market. Uh, we try to negotiate as long a close as possible to give you a chance. Usually what I say with my clients is, okay, we've got an accepted offer on your house. We have about two weeks to find your dream home. If it's not out there, then that's fine. You, then you switch gears and go find a couch to sleep on until we can um, find your dream home and take the pressure off a little bit. I have had clients move into in-laws houses, which is a very motivating factor to help you (laughs) find your dream home a little bit quicker. Uh, I currently have a client who's living in an RV uh, because we couldn't find their dream home and they are building their dream home, but they sold their house. So they moved into an RV. Um, It's hard. I know in in Bloomington, uh, we're a college town, and it's hard to find short-term rentals. There are a few options out there, but if you have pets, it's even harder. So um, finding, you know, someone who will put up with you for a while can certainly be an option as well. So that is an option that a lot of clients choose to take because they don't want to be pressured into finding their dream home. I mean, the point is you're doing this so that you don't have to do it again in another three or five years. And so I would just be excited that my house sold. Right. I would figure out where my family. Where would you go? I have no idea. You don't have family in town. No, my house. I'd go to your house. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because you love people so much. I love people so much. I will go hang out on the beach (laughs) while you're at my house and you can tend to my cucumbers for me that are out of control. There is a fourth option in our C's here, and this is a reverse contingency. It's not done very much, but it is, you know, I do a couple times a year. Um, It, isn't a complete solution to the problem but if you as the seller you put your house on the market and you put in the listing that any offers are subject to the seller finding suitable housing what happens is you get an offer on your house and you counter back and you say okay that's fine we'll accept your offer but we need 21 days from to find a place to go i have seen offers like that Okay. And all, excuse me, all the timelines, inspection timelines, everything, financing timelines will all start when that, within that 21 days, once the seller says, goes back to the buyer and says, okay, I found a place to go. 
it's not going to be unlimited. They are not going to give you, a buyer isn't going to be like, hey, you can have six months to find your, unless your house is so amazing, which I know we all think our houses are amazing. But a lot of times um, in a hot market, if you have a good product, your house is a good product, buyers will be willing to be a little bit more flexible. So that can work. And if within the 21 days or whatever timeline you agree on, you don't find your dream home, you certainly would then have the right as the seller to cancel the deal. Hate to do that. And I've never had anyone do that. We've always been able to find something, whether that's a new home or whether it's, you know, okay, hey, we need to find an RV that we can go live with or whatever, because you're still under the gun a little bit to find your dream home. But those are kind of the options to logistically work out. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. And this is what I tell all my clients. None of these options are comfortable. It's not fun. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest with you. It's not fun. And there is a scary aspect to each one, whether it's the prospect of making double payments, whether it's the prospect of being homeless, whatever it is. But I'm here to tell you that it's not going to kill you. I jokingly say, oh, I've never lost anyone. But as we've said before, that's not true. I have lost some sellers <clears throat> along the way. But that's not why. They didn't, they didn't die because of contingencies. Um, the ones who think, the sellers who think that they're going to get through this selling and buying process and that it's going to be smooth and it's going to be comfortable and that everything's going to go their way and work out perfectly, those are the ones who I guarantee you are going to be the most stressed out uh, and that are going to you know, have that red face more often than not. So I would encourage everyone to have a plan A, a plan B, and probably even a plan C. Um, so that you can kind of get through it. People do it every day, but don't expect it to be super, super uh, smooth. Karen, are you ready to talk about lending stuff? Sure. Okay. I, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> All right. Great. Well, I know because she's multitasking because we have closings on Friday that she's got to get paperwork out for. Um, so the first thing, and I've said this for buyers, I'm always saying this, is meet with a lender, meet with a lender, meet with a lender, meet with a lender. That really is the most important thing. It directs everything you do after that. So making that transition, or even like with Ka the story of Katie and Ian, uh, I think they met with a lender too, just to make sure, okay, if we did want to buy, what does that picture look like? How much can we afford? What would that payment look like to kind of make all those comparisons? Um, I had a client a few years ago who listed their house for sale and then we got an accepted offer. And then they went to make an offer on a house they wanted to buy on their next home. And they discovered that something happened and I can't remember what it was, but their credit score went way down. Oh, and all of a sudden they couldn't get qualified but we had a contract, and when you're a seller and you're in a binding contract to sell your house, you're going to sell your house. You can't be like, oh, sorry, wait, I'm not ready yet. So they had to really scramble, and uh, I guess fortunately, oh, that was a long deal, we were able to negotiate the house they wanted to buy was vacant. So they ended up renting it. But they probably rented it for a good three months while he worked to try and get these uh, credit issues resolved. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I had another one a few years before that. Gosh, it's probably been seven years on that. They ended up renting the house for like seven months. Every week, the listing agent was like, are you ready to close yet? <laughs> like, nope, not yet. Oh, my yet. gosh. That would make me so anxious if I if I was that person. Not just the lender and yeah. the, the realtors involved. Yeah. Like, I would just be, like, anxious Well, about you know, it. these people had, they moved in. Their family, everybody thought they had bought the house. And then at the very end, they needed some gift funds and they had to go back to their family and be like, mm, we didn't actually close on the house seven months ago. 
because they just sort of never talked about it. They're just like, hey, we're moving into our new house today. And everybody thought that they had closed, which I get. I mean, that's sure. you know, saving face or whatever. Luckily, they had had a baby in that time period. The whole thing took so long. It was like, by the time. <laughs> I, I remember this story. Yeah. The, so they were like, hey, we have a new baby. And everybody was distracted by that and, and loaned them some money. But So what are the things, let's talk first about if you want to do the confidence option, which is, oh, we're just going to go ahead and buy the new house. And then we'll put the other one on the market. In that, in that instance, it really depends on what your current mortgage type is. So, for example, if you have an FHA loan on your current mortgage and you're wanting to go to another FHA loan on the new purchase, mm-hmm. FHA may not, they have some rules about whether they allow two FHA mortgages out to the same person um, at the same time. So you have to meet certain criteria for that, criteria for that. So that could be tricky. Uh, same with some other government um, government programs. However, let's say it's a conventional loan that they have on their existing mortgage. And they're going to purchase, doesn't really matter, um, well, I guess it does. Um, they have to have a certain limit of, or a certain amount of cash reserves okay. when they go to purchase a second home. You have to prove to the lender that you can support both of those mortgage payments in the event that your current home doesn't sell. But I will tell you, USDA, rural housing, uh, they do not allow... In 99.9% of the time, they do not allow a person to purchase going USDA when they already own a piece of property. So it really just depends on what that first mortgage is and what type of loan that they're going to do on the new purchase. I think the thing that I see people get hung up on is a lot is the reserves. Would you agree with that? Yes, I I would agree with that. Yeah, so most people say I can swing both mortgages but I don't have x number of dollars in the bank to support both and again the lender's just wanting to see those reserves because if the worst case happens and you lose your job they want to make sure that you can kind of cover both payments and what is typically is there a typical typical yeah typically it's six months on each property so six months of mortgage payments which includes principal interest property taxes, and homeowner's insurance. So P-I-T-I is yeah. what we call it. Mm-hmm. Six months on the current home and six months on the the new home. Yeah. And it, that needs to be in a bank account somewhere. It needs to be liquid or you have access to it. Um, you can use retirement accounts. 401ks. 401ks. With the exception, as long as the terms and conditions of a withdrawal from an account like that mm-hmm. doesn't mean... Like, some of them are restricted, too. You can't get this money unless you die. Okay. Though, <laughs> that type of account, right. they won't count that as reserves. Okay. But for, what you know, any other investments, checking, savings, wherever, they can use that. Okay. So that's good information because I think that uh, um, runs into, comes up with a lot of people that they aren't expecting. Another thing uh, financially that I have run into before is that people will say, and we're going to talk a little bit about the rental option in our last segment here, but um, I have some people who go into this process thinking I'm going to keep my current home as a rental. So I had some kids, this was years ago, and they had a townhouse. And their plan was from day one, they had an exit strategy. So I'm proud of them for that. They bought the condo thinking we're going to live in here for two years. And then we're going to 
keep it as a rental property because we're in a college town. There's a lot of rentals and we're going to move up to a house and, you know, and go that route. So when they went to get qualified to do that, the um, the lender was like, well, you can't count the future rental income on that rental property because it's not a rental property yet. They can't count that to offset the mortgage. So what they had to do is be able to carry both mortgages without any income on that quote unquote future rental property. Correct. I've had buyer I've had people come to me and say, Well, I already have a contract, you know, ready for a, a renter. A lease in place. Yeah, mm-hmm. lease in place and it's gonna either make it a wash what they're paying in rent versus what the payment is, or they're gonna make some money. But if a if a borrower doesn't have a two year history of mm-hmm. filing tax returns that include rental receiving rental income then that rental income cannot be counted and i always kind of explain that as the lender wants to see that you have a track record of knowing how to be a landlord and being able to kind of make a go of it i mean you certainly don't have to show a huge profit but they want to show that you've got some history being a landlord yeah it's like with any other income you have to have a history of, of receiving the income the likelihood that it's going to continue mm-hmm. for a certain time period yeah. after your loan closes and that again has to show up on your tax return so I do know some people, too, that will have a rental property, but for whatever reason, they're not reporting it on their taxes, and then that doesn't count either. So that can trip up a lot of people if that's your plan. So um, good. Well, let's we're going to talk a little bit more about the rental option because a lot of people do turn to that as an option uh, if they can't sell their home right away. Um, but Karen, I had a question before we go to break here. If you were in the market for a new home, who would you call? Deb tomorrow. Excellent answer. Yes. Good. Okay, but let me ask you this, because your family doesn't live here in town. Correct. Right, so if they needed a realtor, who would you call? Uh, Deb tomorrow. Ah, <laughs> uh, so you're so smart. I would. I would say, hey, do you have right. a contact in this state right. or that state? Exactly. So that was just the point I wanted to make was that I am connected with this nationwide, actually worldwide network of realtors. So if anybody out there is listening, they're not in the Bloomington, Indiana market, I can still help you. I can help you. I can help your family members find the right fit. So I just want to encourage you to contact me. Go to my website, uh, www.realrealestatetoday.com. We're so real. We say it twice. Just okay. click on start here and I'll answer a few questions and we'll be in touch with That's you. the first pop quiz I got 100% on. You did. Good I'm job. I'm going to celebrate. You can have a drink. All right. We're going to go to break and be right back. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Tune in each week for Monica Phillips and powerful conversations. This is a thought-provoking show for business people, leaders, and entrepreneurs. We'll feature today's thought leaders and industry trendsetters from across several locations and industries. Give yourself permission to be inspired and live a fulfilling life. 
Be sure to listen to Powerful Conversations live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. are listening to real real estate today to reach deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show please send an email to deb at real real estate today.com that's deb at real real estate today.com now back to this week's program welcome back um i need a few minutes of silence so that i can get some paperwork to karen just kidding <laughs> Uh, we are trying to put a lot of deals closing this week and uh, the time stops for no one. So we've been talking today about transitioning from one home to another. How do you sell a home and buy a home? And we were just talking about the financial things. Was there anything else on the finance side that we wanted to cover? I Just as we, you already reiterated, get with a lender. Just make yeah. sure your credit looks okay. You can. Do you ever do bridge loans? Swing loans? I do not, okay. but a bank or a credit a union. Bank or a credit union. Because I know that I have done, I did that once on a transition that I made. And what that was, was I had some equity in my current home. I went ahead and made an offer on my new home and needed to take some of that equity out for the down payment. Um, and usually you don't get great terms on that, but the theory is that it's supposed to be a short-term loan for, you know, 60 days or something like that until you sell your home. So that can certainly be an option something to consider and talk about uh, if you want to do the you know buy one house without having the other one sold as well Um, I think that's something for whatever reason it seemed to be done a lot more in the past yeah and I don't know why I'm not sure why either I feel like people are maybe gotten a little more conservative with some of their it could have been maybe to I don't know reserve requirement I have no idea yeah it could be that the loan requirements requirements because with a swing loan here's think about this you know we've been talking about how you have to uh, if you were to buy one house without having sold the other house that you have to be able to carry both mortgage payments your income has to be able to um, support both mortgage payments and a lot of people with student loans that they have and more expensive car loans and things can't swing that but when you have a swing loan or a bridge loan and you're pulling equity out of a house now you've got a third payment that your income has to be able to support on a regular basis so it's a little bit harder to I think qualify for that as well because we're all sort of pushing ourselves to our max limit sometimes on houses we should also throw in there too that if you are self-employed or receive commission income god help you or (laughs) or (laughs) something like that uh, you definitely want to talk with a lender before any of those three c's because I have people right now that they're all self-employed. I don't have all of their financial information, but they and they're are, buying a second home. Correct. 
And so we have no, you have no way of knowing whether you can do it. Yeah. And I think they wrote an offer over the weekend. So (laughs) good luck to you. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, the rental option because I do have a lot of sellers who think about this. These are typically the people who have used the confidence option, which means they've gone and bought their new home. And their old home, for whatever reason, isn't selling, and it may be just a slow time in the market, um, you know, wintertime or something like that. And so they think, well, I'll just rent it out until the spring selling season and then put it on the market. Um, Now, certainly, you know, we've talked again, financing could be an issue uh, if you can't count the rental income. But if that's not a problem, um, then there are some things that I think you really should think about. And I always feel like I'm being super negative, Natalie, Debbie Downer. When, uh, when, when I start to have this conversation with sellers because I don't want to dash their dreams. But if you are going to rent your house out and it, with the intention of I'm just going to rent it out until you know, the, the spring selling season and then I'll put it back on the market, you are going to need to budget for all new carpet and all new paint. I promise you. I have never, ever seen anyone in that situation who hasn't had their carpet trashed. And I'm not dissing tenants. You know, I'm sure there are exceptions. There are very good tenants out there. I have very good tenants. But a tenant is just not going to care for your home in the way that you would when you're trying to sell your home. It's just not. Um, You're also going to have a much harder time selling because if you have tenants in there, again, they're not going to care that the sink is full of dirty dishes. They're not going to have it staged in a way that you would stage it. And they're going to make it more difficult to show. You know, a lot of leases require the 24-hour notice. Um, and that can make it trickier to um, to show the house. And that's the last thing you want to do when you're trying to sell your house. So that is something to think about is that it probably the cost for that new carpet and that new paint and anything else you need to do to make the house ready um, is going to probably cancel out any money that you would have made by renting it out over those months. You're better off just sort of you know, tweaking the price and getting it, keeping it on the market and selling it. I don't think you're being Debbie Downer. I think you're giving the that homeowner some realistic information, things to consider that I wouldn't have thought of. Yeah, every time. I'm telling you, new carpet. Um, there's a great uh, link that Rachel's going to post too. I don't know why. <laughs> it comes from Hawaii News Now. I think that's my whole beach theme that's going on today. Um, Deb's in need of a vacation. But it's a great article about rent or sell your home. Some of this is if you're moving away or moving, maybe you have a temporary job that you're moving to, you think you might come back to the area. And it gives you some questions to ask uh, and helps you think about whether you should sell or buy or sell or rent the house. Um, And so that's something to think about. One of the things here is if you want the investment, but you're deep in debt, should you sell it or should you keep it as a rental? And they recommend sell it. And I think there's a lot of people that would too. Um, so that's something to think about as well. Um, as we wrap up here today, this last segment always goes so fast. I swear we just start talking it and does. they're like, and done. And it keeps looping <laughs> in my ear that we're running out of time. I just keep talking. Um, there's another good article. I'm not going to go into too much detail. But a couple of weeks ago, I half jokingly asked a client, um, if he wanted to sell his house, it was in a really good neighborhood. I knew it was a high demand neighborhood and that they had done a lot of work to it. I, I helped them buy it. So I knew it would bring him a nice profit. And of course, he perked up his ears at that. And and then he said, but well, wait a minute, if it's a seller's market, then how am I going to find a good house to buy? 
I'm like, well, that's a good point. <laughs> I just went back to eating my lunch. Um, it's not it's not easy. You'd almost have to sell and then maybe rent for a while or sleep on someone's couch for a while, which isn't easy when you have kids um, to help to find your dream home, to find the right deal. Um, and so that's certainly something to consider. You know, some people uh, around here, uh, I've helped some people, they'll just buy a cheap condo and kind of crash there while they're looking for the right deal. And then uh, when they find the right deal, then they buy the house or maybe they keep the condo as a rental. So that might be an option as well. Um, we're going to put an article up that kind of gives you the pros and cons on that as well um so you know it is tricky it's you you want to take advantage of that seller's market but then again it kind of burns you on the other side um same thing you know if you're in a buyer's market you want to take advantage of that but it might hurt you if you're going to sell at the same time so think about all those things there's a lot to think about so what i want to leave you with today is just this idea of plan ahead Uh, you know give yourself a year or so if you're starting to i love you know this is the time of year where i want people to start coming to me and saying you know i think next year maybe the year so we want to start planning ahead I had a couple I was working with earlier this year and we talked a lot about it and they really wanted to move up into a bigger house um, but they were pretty uh, specific about what they were looking for certain school district they wanted a pool or the ability to put in a pool and it just really narrowed their options but they needed to make an offer that was contingent on the sale of their home and I think I broke their heart about three times in the course of about 90 days, which is a lot for anyone. I mean, I'm a heartbreaker, but, you know. Um, and they finally just kind of, you could tell they just sort of got disgusted. They said, we'll just revisit this at another time. <laughs> and they just decided to stay put. Um, and so that's tough. Uh, and I feel for them. So, again, it's not easy. It is going to be uncomfortable. It's not going to kill you, but expect to have some discomfort. Have a plan A, plan B, plan C, uh, and and you will get through it, I promise, with a good realtor at your side. So uh, give me a holler if I can help you with that. Thanks for listening today. Appreciate you tuning in. We will be back next week with more great information. Uh, in the meantime, follow us on Facebook, Deb Tomorrow Realtor, and check out um, past archived episodes on iTunes, or you can go to my website, www.realrealestatetoday.com You've been listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. This is Deb Tomorrow for Karen Rastel. We are checking out for the day. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb Tomorrow, for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets.